So if you look on the first page of your hymnal, John Wesley always said to sing lustily with passion. That's what that looks like. Uh, Out of all the services that need to be reminded how you sing in church, that's the way it should look. (laughs) All right? I I can't wait for the day when George Eichner is screaming out in our worship service. But that gives you a little idea of the energy that it takes to work with the kids in our church. And oftentimes that goes unseen because uh, they're in another building over there. Uh, They don't necessarily come through the same entrances that we come through. They have different time schedules. Uh, Many of us don't have kids in school anymore. And so uh, we we just become sort of oblivious to what's happening uh, in the church around us. Uh, what we want to do this morning is help you understand the, the uh, just a, 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 a giant sketch of what we're, what we try to do for the kids in our church and when our families, whenever we do a baptism uh, in the church, we always, there's, a, it's a three-way commitment, right? The most important one is that God is giving himself to us. The second one for a, for a child, the, 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 the child has no say in this yet. We're, we're hoping on the provenient grace of God that at some point, uh, they'll, they'll come through confirmation or another process that allows them to honor that. But in the raising of that child, we ask the parents and the family, is it your desire to raise this child in knowledge of God and his love? And they make a commitment to that. And then we ask the church, church, will you for this family and all the families that we get the privilege of working with, Will you help in making sure that we provide instruction for the kids in our community, those we know and those we don't yet know, in order to make sure that they can come to know the love of Christ? It's, a mo- it's, it's one of the most important parts of a church. There's nothing more depressing to me than coming into a church that has no kids, right? I, I, and unfortunately, I've, I've walked into a couple of those in my ministry as we've, as I've begun in a new appointment. Uh, there's just something lacking when you don't have that energy and that, that hope of the future. So we have some dedicated folks in our church that, um, that are, are, feel called to that and do a great job in this. Uh, Heather Roberts is our children's ministry director. I think actually her title is family life, uh, director. Uh, we, we recognize that, uh, if you're going to minister to kids, you also need to minister to families, right? It, it, it all goes together. Uh, she's been with us, uh, since last August, yeah, uh, since last August. So for some of you, this may be the first time you get to meet her, but uh, we're excited to have her here. And uh, Heather, would you come and share with us? Would you all welcome her? Thank you. Exciting. Okay. By the grace of God, my family and I, we managed to sell our previous home in the big city of San Antonio and buy a new home to us, new to us, here in the hill country of Kerrville, all in the midst of quarantine. The home we bought was the only house we looked at in Kerrville. It had everything we needed, sort of. The home sat vacant for over a year 
It was a 1950s mid-century modern that had never been updated. It was in desperate need of renovation, but it was going to be perfect for my family. I will never forget the first time I walked through the home. I knew this was the house for our family. I knew we would be flourishing there and I could see what it could become. I saw a vision for what it needed and I knew we were up for the challenge. Slide. <clears throat> the owners had dropped the price $100,000 and yet it still sat there vacant on the market, neglected, unloved. I just don't think anyone else was willing to see past the leaking ceiling, the shag carpet around the jacuzzi tub, <laughs> and maybe the lack of a front door. Yeah. <laughs> just to give you a better idea of what we were dealing with, the home had potential. It needed a new start. It needed a family. So we had a new purpose. We were going to rebuild this neglected house, and we couldn't wait to dive right in. We tore up carpet, we replaced it with new flooring, we tore down walls, we rebuilt walls, we um, found unexpected projects along the way, and we found leaks that were in places we didn't even know could leak. Uh, we gutted out bathrooms down to the studs, and I learned new vocabulary words like tape and floating. <laughs> I even learned how to use a hammer drill. Did you even know there was such a thing? Um, our lives were very full of the never-ending work of renovation. And as there was no rest for the weary and the projects never ended, and I can say that we actually currently are still working on that home, but we are loving it. As you can see some pictures, here's the befores and afters, the shag carpet <laughs> around the tub. So it's coming along nicely. So as we settled into Kerrville life, Kerrville First United Methodist Church was actually the seventh church we visited over a period of about a year and a half. And we learned very quickly that this was our new church home. Uh, we became members in November of 21, 2021. And then in July of last year, during one of David's sermons, I heard that still small voice of the Lord ask me to lay down my current position and come work for the church. I am not a pastor like Spencer. I am a lay person, but see, one of those life lessons I've learned along the way is that when the Lord asks you to do something, you need to listen. And so I, out of obedience, came and worked here, and I've loved every minute of it. I was asked to take the role of Family Life Ministry Director back in August, and much like the rebuilding of my home, I found out that the children's ministry needed some renovations. See, um, much like the rebuilding of my home, COVID had actually taken its toll here on this ministry. The big question for me was, what's next? What do we need to scrap? What needs to be redone? Should we look at pre-pandemic or should we revitalize? What methodologies, what activities? My mind just went crazy about how I can serve the children's ministry in a post-pandemic era. Are there new developments that I need to explore? I also knew that COVID had exposed some limits to the children's ministry. So what do we do next with traditional programs? I wrestled with these questions, 
but I was quickly reminded that the success of children's ministry was not present on the trends or getting up to speed. No, it was really fully dependent on the understanding of relying on Jesus, trusting in him and letting me pin our hopes on him and on him to guide me. I began to pray and ask the Lord, what was it that which he wanted to do here? And at the time, he showed me three things through the book of Nehemiah. Who is Nehemiah? So Jewish tradition identifies Nehemiah as a primary author of this book. He was written in first person. Um, Nothing is really known about his youth or his background. We meet him as an adult. He's serving in the Persian royal court as a personal cupbearer to the king Xerxes. The book of Nehemiah opens in the Persian city of Susa in the year 444 BC. And later that year, Nehemiah traveled to Israel. He led three returns by the Jewish people following their 70 years of exile in Babylon. Now, we were dealing with two years of COVID, right, (laughs) in comparison. Nehemiah was a layperson, and he was not a priest like Ezra, nor a prophet like Malachi or Monica. Uh, He served the Persian king in a secular position before leading a group of Jews to Jerusalem to rebuild the city walls. Under Nehemiah's leadership, the Jews withstood Opposition. They came together to accomplish a goal. Nehemiah led by example. He gave up a respected position in a palace for hard labor in a politically insignificant district. He partnered with Ezra, who also appears in this book, um, to solidify the political and spiritual foundation of the people. Nehemiah's humility before God provided an example for the people there and for us today. He did not claim glory for himself, but he always gave God the credit for his successes. Nehemiah's life provided a fine study on leadership. He overcame opposition from outsiders as well as internal turmoil. He exercised his his administrative skills in his strategy to use half the people for building while he used the other half to watch for threatened attack. Hmm. Accomplishing those goals resulted in a people encouraged, they were renewed, they were excited about their future. So how did this apply to us? The book of Nehemiah shows us the kind of, in, the kind of significant impact that one individual can have on a nation. Nehemiah served in a secular, secular office using his position to bring back to the Jews order, stability, and proper focus on God. God uses all manners of people in all manners of places, doing all manners of work. Be encouraged. God is not limited by your vocation or mine. In fact, God has placed you where you are for a purpose. Have the attitude of this. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give thanks through him to God the Father. Colossians 3.17 This is the word of God for the people of God. The three lessons I've learned from Nehemiah as a layperson was to gather my people, to rebuild, and to build their faith brick by brick.
as I gathered the people to come alongside me to help me rebuild. I began to see the vision more clearly and the need to have a team to pass the torch from week to week. So we currently have an A week leaders and B week leaders to rotate. And this really allows and protects the, and avoids the burnout. And it protects the walls of our ministry in Sunday school and children's church. I can say that God is faithful and that which he has said, and that he has gathered back many people whom he has chosen to teach and lead in these ministries. And it is just so very exciting to see who he's going to bring in next. Haggai 2.9 says, the glory of the present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. And I believe that is what's happening here at KFUMC. The book of Nehemiah is all about rebuilding It speaks about the call to rebuild, the process of rebuilding, and the completion of the work of rebuilding. And Pastor just did a whole series on renovation, didn't he? So amazing. I believe that Nehemiah contains invaluable keys and principles which are applicable for us to use to seek. Just as I was rebuilding my home with my family, we are now rebuilding God's home and his family. In chapter one, we see the report that the walls are broken, that the gates are burnt. The second report, which Nehemiah receives, was that the gates of Jerusalem were burned. Now, gates are always a representation of power and authority. A ministry must exist with the proper protective walls, which is provided by God. And this ministry must be headed towards the vision that God has given it. And so how can we do this? Let's look at Nehemiah's response to the report regarding Jerusalem. For what Nehemiah did was foundational in the rebuilding process. His response, he wept and he mourned. Next slide. You can go to the next one. Though what's happening in Jerusalem does not affect Nehemiah directly, Jerusalem was still so close to his heart that upon listening to the plight of Jerusalem, it broke his heart. It broke his heart so much that he wept and he mourned. And this shows that Nehemiah loved Jerusalem very much. And though he was leading a comfortable life in Susa and he had a good occupation, he had all the power, yet his heart still contained the passion and the love for Jerusalem. Why? Because that's, that's where he belonged. The first thing which is required of us is to ask ourselves the question, is the children's ministry close to your heart? Do you love this group? Does your heart break when you see the enemy trying to destroy things? If the answer is yes, then you're in good company. The next scene we see is he fasted and he prayed. The second thing he did was fast and pray. You see, though the physical walls of Jerusalem were broken, Nehemiah knew that the restoration of the physical walls could only be achieved if the spiritual walls of God's protection was restored. So he did this by fasting and praying. Next slide. I believe that if we want to see KFU's KFUMC's Family Life Ministry be renewed to the point whereby it surpasses the glory of the former, then there must be restoration through prayer in our personal lives and also prayer for the ministry. Nehemiah's love and passion for Jerusalem drove him to fast and pray. Will you allow God to ignite that same love and passion in your hearts for action? 
Will that love and passion drive you to keep the ministry in your prayers? So over the next 13 weeks, our Sunday school and children's church programs are actually studying the Lord's Prayer. They're going to dig into prayer and they're going to learn how to pray. I believe that the Lord is calling each of us here to put our hands together in prayer and be involved in the process of rebuilding Nehemiah's chapter one had set the pace for us to do this. And I believe that the Lord wants family life ministry to be a very powerful ministry that will touch the, and transform lives and bring salvation to the lost. That's our call. That is our destiny. And much like my house, this project is never ending. Let me introduce you to our team members who have been working alongside me. Okay, go ahead. Bright Beginnings Play School is a ministry of the First United Methodist Church. Our mission is to bring children in our care closer to Jesus. We do that on Mondays and Wednesdays from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. We have a, um, we follow the KISD um, schedule. We go from August to May. Then we also have a six-week summer program. That meets also Mondays and Wednesdays from 9 to 2. And that will be dinosaur themed this year. It's Stompers and Chompers. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, we just love this program. It's a structured day. We get to do chapel with them. Um, they get to do arts and crafts. They do circle time. They get to do the months of the year, the counting up to at least 20 before they leave in the year. They get to um, do motor skills class once a week. That covers their fine motor skills and gross motor skills. And um, we just love bring, being with children. Okay. Go to the next. So here's some pictures of the BBP group. Okay. Mark nine. 36 to 37, Jesus took the child in his arms and said, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. This is our philosophy in the nursery that we are welcoming. If there was one word that I would use, it would be welcoming to all the children that enter our program. Our caregivers always uh, smile and are happy, talk to the children one-on-one, -on -one, uh, greet them at the door. So we are a very welcoming place. Hi, my name is Debbie Kenyon. I've written a few notes so I can do this properly. I have been a member of this church for a very long time, but I have just now become involved. When I retired, I asked God, what can I do for you? To my surprise, he led me to children's Sunday school. Now, I have never been a kid person. However, I asked him and he certainly replied. I found myself in a meeting for volunteers for children. Then I found myself volunteering to teach a class. I have learned so much in this capacity and have a genuine affection for his little ones. 
I have met new friends and have found a wonderful fellowship. Matthew 18 says, unless you turn and become as a little child, you will never enter the kingdom of God. What better way to start than with little children? And that's our Sunday school program uh, from Easter pictures. Hi, my name is Sarah Salinas, and I am one of the teachers for Children's Church. In Children's Church, we praise God, we dance and worship and sing, and we're silly and crazy, and the kids love that. Um, my favorite part of Children's Church probably is the discussion with the kids because I never really know what questions they are going to throw at me, so that can be pretty engaging. Um, it's really incredible to watch each child as they forge their own unique path in their walk with God. Um, and since I'm a social worker, I kind of see through that lens, and I recognize that every child who comes into our doors, they may they may not be able to process new information. They may be in a place where they need um, a big hug or maybe to hold my hand or just to sit and observe. Um, but ultimately our goal is for each child to see God's love for them and to know that we love them and that they belong here. And then we have a Wednesday night program and our lesson is based on building our faith brick by brick. The kids incorporate using Legos to create um, a part of their story that they've studied for the week. Okay. Hi, church family. My name is Alicia Miller and I'm a member here and absolutely love it. And one of the things that I do is I teach the fifth grade Spark Kids class on Wednesday. And I want to say that I was absolutely um, not thinking that I would be teaching this class or involved in the children's department. And I absolutely didn't feel prepared to be doing what I'm doing with the fifth grade Spark Kids, but God provides. And so I was involved in covenant discipleship groups. And so Heather knew me and asked if I would help. And so I just went on a leap of faith and decided that I would because this church has given so much to me and my family. And so I wanted to give to my church. And I know that God equips us even when we don't feel equipped. And so... I have a fifth grade kid and I was like, you know, I know what to do with fifth graders. And so I've been teaching, you know, for this last year with the fifth grade spark kids. And it's really been a blessing to me. I've been surprised at how much it has blessed my life and hopefully theirs. And so I just encourage anyone, as you see this with the children's program, even if you don't feel like it's something that you can do, you get a lot out of it. And God really does build you into who you need to be to do the job he's asking you to do. So some of the gifts for the fifth grade spark kids and you know all of our spark programs is the idea that these kiddos come in and they're with their core group. And so we've seen like in the fifth grade, for instance, we've seen some of the kids bring in friends consistently all through the semester, the same friends are coming in. And the cool thing with that is these are some kids who didn't have any church family. I look tonight, I generally have about nine in my class and four of the most consistent kiddos that come to the fifth grade spark kids program did not have a church home at all. 
And so it's been such a blessing to see them come and enjoy and be, you know, on fire for what they're doing here and get an opportunity to be part of a church family. And that's what's neat about the program is, like I say, these kiddos are in a unit that they're going to go into Forge and they're going to go into the youth program and they're bonding. And this is going to be their group. This is their support system. And so it's been really neat to see, you know, them bring in their friends, to see them learn. They've been doing the Lego program over this year, or excuse me, over this semester, and just enjoying that because Lego is their jam and so coming in and just having a chance to play with them and build things based on our Bible stories has been really rewarding for them and I love to see their creativity they're always proud of what they do and they get a chance to go out and just run and play together tonight they're playing with the parachute like we all did when we were kids you know and and out there flipping it around and having a good time and just laughing and the neat thing is consistently the kiddos come back they're having a good time and they're learning that church is such a gift and getting a chance to teach you know, their friends about, about Jesus and the love that church can be. It's just very rewarding. And I want to tell you of the kiddos we've had in our program, we have two who are very excited and want to be baptized. And two of those are kiddos who didn't previously have a church home. And they are just excited and really pumped up about being baptized and being part of God's family. So that is a win. And our parents get a chance to drop the kiddos off, go to discipleship groups, go to Bible studies. And so it's just a big win all around. And so I really hope that if your kiddos aren't involved in Spark Kids, that you catch us on Wednesdays. We've just got one more April 27th, but we start up again in the fall. And it has just been a blast for the kiddos and a blast for the teachers. And so thank you so much to my church family for giving me this opportunity to make a difference. So these are just every month through the rest of the year. We've got some events coming up. We do have a, a ministry meeting coming in the end of, or next week, this Wednesday actually, for plans for our Vacation Bible School and our day camp that's coming up. Um, we'd love to have you come if you're interested in volunteering. You can just keep going through the Each month we have June, we have the Pets Unleashed. July, we have the day camp for the older elementary school kids. August will be going to back to school and have a special Sunday. And then September we'll start up again with our Wednesday nights. October is our big trunk or treat event. And November will be our harvest festival. And then December we love to do that family nativity. Time's up. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, Heather. Um, that was perfectly timed. Too, <laughs> right. but, uh, uh, so, um, as you got to see, there's there's a lot of things going on in that. Uh, a lot of times, people come in and they're like, "I really want to get involved. I really, I feel like there's something God wants me to do." And as soon as I say children or youth, their eyes glaze over. I get it. But as you heard over and over again, that's often one of the most powerful ways that you can have an influence in the kingdom. Um, if you don't, if, if you like to sit around and watch Fox News and drink coffee and complain about the world, here's how you can make a difference. And if I stepped on your toes, you're welcome. <laughs> 
Here's how you can make a difference. If, I know the world's going to hell in a handbasket, all that kind of stuff. Actually, no. You would be amazed at how open this upcoming generation is for God and for uh, believing in him. And maybe just maybe you could help them to discover that. So I just encourage you to think about that. This summer you saw uh, the the VBS. We're doing a different model for VBS this summer. It's going to be in the evening so we can do supper along with that. Encourage parents and other working folk to to be able to participate with us. Um, And so just things like that that are coming up. You heard about the kids that want to be baptized. One of those will get baptized next Sunday after the 1045 service. We're going to go across the street over here to the park and uh, Torin Brashears will be baptized over by Tranquility Bridge over here at the park uh, next Sunday after our 1045 service. A lot of neat things happening, a lot of great volunteers and uh, um, so uh, Heather, thank you. Pass along our thanks to your your group. Um, Can we just uh, have a moment of prayer for our young people? Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you. Uh, thank you for the privilege of of uh, a church that that has multi generations it 's challenging at times and and volunteers and and uh, all the things that it takes to make that work often seem daunting and uh, and like it 's going to be impossible to pull it off but God you are good, and you love these kids more than any of us combined. We want to be faithful to the gifts that you have given us. We want to be good stewards of the blessings that you have poured out on us. Help us not to overlook the young people. Bless our volunteers. Bless our workers. Bless our staff. Bless our parents and families. May they come to know you in new and exciting ways. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, one last announcement I forgot to mention in the early announcements. I think it's in your bulletin, but um, May 9th, which is a Tuesday night, we will have our next uh, quarterly meeting. We try to do quarterly meetings, all church meetings. Uh, May 9th, 6 o'clock on Tuesday night, that will be our, our next all church meeting and uh, uh we encourage everyone to to be there for that. We will also record it as we have before, just if you're not able to be there so you can know what's what's happening in the life of our church.